0: All right, welcome back to Off Topic. I'm here with Chris Bisignano from the Giants Insider. Uh, they do a great website and a podcast. And, Chris, thanks for giving me a few minutes today on this hot Sunday afternoon here by the Swamp. How are we, we doing today? Good,
1: Randy. How you making out, man? How are you
0: surviving this heat? Oh, my God, it's brutal today. Brutal. I, I've never appreciated air conditioning as much as I have <laughs> the last couple of days. I was going to go to the uh, Yankees at this point this weekend, but I think being outside it would just be a killer at this point
1: yeah it would be very enjoyable being in Yankee Stadium today. Uh, you, might, you might be
0: better off just watching on TV. I, I mean, honestly, sometimes I wonder if it's even worth them having these games in this heat, but I guess you know, that's what they mean by the dog days of summer, I guess. So. But yep, yep, yep. <laughs> So, Chris, obviously, training camp's opening this week for uh, all the NFL teams, including the Giants, and uh, you and I have been around this team together for the last few years, and the team is in a very interesting position. Um, a lot of people were not thrilled with their draft selection of not not if whether Daniel Jones is the right guy for the job, but more or less where they picked him. Uh, Josh Allen was available, who could have been a defensive difference maker. What was your initial take on when Daniel Jones was drafted? Was it the right guy at the right moment, or could you think they could have probably gotten him a little later? Or is he even the right guy for the job?
1: Randy, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I was shocked. I was shocked they went with the kid at six. Uh, Especially when Josh Allen was available, I thought for sure Gettleman was going to jump all over that edge guy, but he didn't. He they believe in this kid Jones, and time will tell. I mean, would he have been available at seventeen? Some people say yes. Some people say no. Uh, you know what? That was a few months ago. Who's going to really know the answer? Will the Redskins ever admit it? No. You know, will teams ever admit it? Will the Broncos ever admit it? No. You know, so do I feel he was a sixth overall-type talent coming out of college? No, I don't. Will I be wrong? Yeah, I might be. You know, uh, time will tell starting Thursday, you know, uh, as the process moves along. So, uh, you know, I was surprised by it. But you listen to Gentlemen, you listen to Sharma. they're totally all in on the kid. They believe in him. They think the kid's the future. They think he's an ex Eli Manning. And time will tell, Randy. We'll, we'll, we'll see pretty soon.
0: Do you think there was any pressure on gentleman Again, you and I are so... Out of that football room where they have these discussions, but do you think after last season, yes, they got Saquon Barkley, but they gave up on a really good quarterback class to take Saquon Barkley. Do you think there was any outside pressure, knowing on how the team only had uh, only improved two wins from the season before, to go out and get the heir apparent to Eli at this point?
1: Yeah, listen, um, gentlemen, uh, but I don't. But Randy, listen, they were going to draft the quarterback, probably, you know. But I don't believe that pressure of replacing Eli made him take Jones at six. I really believe that this they fell so much in love with this kid that they wanted to take him at six to make sure he was he was, you know, he wasn't gone by the time they had the seventeenth pick. Um so was there pressure? I don't know if Gettleman falls to that pressure. Um but obviously for your organization, everybody was like, Okay, you know, what are you gonna do? Are you're you gonna draft Haskins, are you gonna when's your next quarterback coming in? Um so yeah, obviously there was some pressure there. But Randy, I do not believe that Gettleman folded to the pressure and took the kid at six if there was no pressure at all and nobody was talking about it, and obviously he lies in his last years and all that. Yeah, I think they loved him that much. They thought he was that high of a talent. You know, a lot of people didn't. He was basically Gettleman was really the only one who really believed he, he was a sixth overall talent. But this is how much they believe in a kid, and we'll see.
0: I was definitely one of those people who believed that Josh Allen was the right pick at six and then packaged that 17 with maybe one of your other lower picks to try and get up uh, maybe to the 10th pick or maybe to the 8th uh, right. or 9th, then pick Daniel Jones there. Like Again, it's easy for us to play armchair quarterback now that the deals are done and everything is all set. Uh, but you know, you, we mentioned Eli Manning going into the final year of his contract. Do you think... And you and I have talked about this many times of off air, but do you think that you extend Eli for one more year, maybe one or two more years, to get to do like that Aaron Rodgers type of process? Because Gettleman did bring that process up on draft night.
1: Yeah, he did. But really, I believe that Eli is going to have to play really, really well this year for that scenario to take place. I really do, and I'm not quite sure that's going to happen. Okay, um, me personally. I think this is Eli's last year. I think Jones steps in next year. And the way this season goes, the upcoming season, the way it progresses, a very good chance Jones gets in this year, okay? So for that to happen, I think Eli has to play really off the charts. And I got to be honest with you, I don't see that happening.
0: Uh, I don't either, to be honest with you. One of the big Achilles heel over the last six years for this team, uh, since their last Super Bowl run and the year after, has been the offensive line. And that looks like to be one of the more stable units coming into training camp this year. Dave Gettleman's mission when he took the job was to revamp and fix that offensive line. In your opinion, how do you think he's done so far with revamping that line? I think he's done
1: well. I mean, this line has been the Achilles heel, like you said. For the last six years. I mean, Reese tried to address some draft picks. They didn't pan out. So when, you pan, you know, when your draft picks don't pan out up front, this is what you have. Okay, so Gettleman comes in. Joshua Adanis. Chase for Kevin Zyler. Okay, signs Nate Solder. Brings in his old friend there, Mike Remus from Carolina. Okay, this is what they're... And Halapio is a guy that they they're high on. They're high on Halapio. So he's going to start over there probably at center. Um, yeah, listen, Gettleman is a guy who builds inside out. Okay, so he believes up front. He tried to rebuild it. He's rebuilding it. Now, whether or not that shows on the field, we'll see. But you have to feel more confident, Randy, right? Going into the 2019 season, when you have Remus is probably going to win the job at right tackle. Zyla, you know, Hernandez in his second year, sold the a veteran of left tackle. Yeah, he's, he's definitely improved the line. Now it's just a matter of doing it on the field. I expect a, a, a big step forward this year.
0: What about the specialty positions of the running back and the wide receivers and the tight ends? Um, losing Odell Beckham and, and gating Golden Tate, uh, healthy season out of Cody Latimer and of course Sterling Shepard signed a big deal over the um, over the off season. and of course you know Russell Shepard is back as well. Let's start with the wide receivers. You look at this core. Uh, Is this one of those, Pat, this this group of uh, wide receivers that sort of the ball has to be going to the right spot? It doesn't look like you have a bunch of guys who can go up and get it, like the Plaxicos in the past and Odell was able to sort of just throw it up, you can go out there and get it. Is this more of a pinpoint, accurate wide receiver group?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be more of a, I mean, you look at, you know, Tate and Shep, they're not, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna top off a defense, they're not gonna get over the top on them. All right. Um so yeah, you could you know, you could say that it's gonna be a little bit more of a west coast, like you said, like a spot type, you know, uh, offense where you're throwing it certain routes and all that stuff. Um, is it gonna be you know, you're looking at deep you <laughs> looking at deep goes and deep posts and all that? No, not with those two, you know. Um, so you're gonna look at a different type. You know, Sherman has to adjust to the personnel. You know what Eli, it's going to have to be, like you said, like a certain type of routes. You know what I mean? Like these guys run. They, listen, man, these, they're two – basically they're two slot receivers. And one's going to be on the outside one play. The other guy's going to be in the outside another play. And then you got the Corey Coleman's and, you know, the kid Slayton, hopefully, and all that, and the ladder and all that. So, yeah, I mean, that's the way it's gonna, this offense is going to have to be. You know, it's not a, it's not an offense where a defense is going to come in like Dallas all day and say, Okay, listen. We got a guy here. This guy can stretch
0: the field. They really don't right now. The running back position has always been uh, one with the Giants. You know, really have not been solidified since the Ahmed Bradshaw, uh, Ahmad Bradshaw and Brandon Jacob days. And mm-hmm. Barkley sort of solidified that last year. You know what Barkley's bringing to the table. But then you look at some of the other guys they have. You know, Wayne Gallman comes to mind. What do you think of the backs this year for them?
1: Oh, right, you know, a guy I've talked about before pretty intriguing to me is going to be Paul Perkins coming off a year injury alright but it's going to be settled on the field man. you got Rod Smith coming over you know from Dallas you're going to have Gorman who's you know listen Gorman's got talent man but but he has to stop putting the ball on the ground. He's put the ball on the ground a few times. He's dropped some passes. Okay, he's going to have to take that next step up because uh, he's the most talented of the backup running backs, all right? And then you got Perkins coming off the injury. We'll see. You know, Several likes Perkins, man. He likes his route tree come out of the backfield, you know, uh, and then Rod Smith and all that. So, Randy, I look at it right now. Goldman's uh, got to step up for the backup, behind, obviously, behind Saquon. But... But it's just going to be settled on the field, man. Because uh, you guys, it's not like, okay, Goleman's definitely got, you know, he's definitely coming in, you know, uh, he's going to leave Saquon. I don't see that right now. I see it as a battle between Perkins and Smith and Goleman and all that.
0: The tight end position is one that's very uh, intriguing to me. Obviously, you know, you Evan Ingram, this is, I think this is Evan Ingram's proving year. This is the year you find out whether he's yeah. going to, you know, if he's your long-term answer or not.
1: Absolutely. Evan has to step up this year and show why he was a number one pick.
0: And I think he will,
1: Randy. I think he's gonna I think Evan Ingram is gonna benefit the most From Odell being uh, with Odell being traded to Cleveland, I expect him to be targeted more. I expect him to be moved around more. I think he's going to have a big year for 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 the Giants. And like you said, Randy, okay, last year he was injured. He was kind, you know, he was injured, some and all that. Came on strong second last four games, played well when Odell was out. But this is the year. Like this is year three now. This is the year we have to have the 80 catches, you know, the thousand yards, maybe 900 plus yards, the six touchdown, all that. Um, If he does that. You know, I mean, how you know, and then you got Saquon, and you got the Tates and the Shepherds. Could be a very effective offense.
0: And don't forget about Red Ellison, who's been a nice security little blanket for Eli over the last uh, when, when he's yeah. been out there. He and he had some injury issues last year, in and out of the lineup. Ellison can be a key factor in uh, the Giants' offensive scheme.
1: No doubt about it, because you know what—he can catch the ball. He can catch the ball a little bit himself. You know, he's the best blocking tight end they have. You know, and Sherman likes to do that. He, you know, he likes to do that two tight end stuff and all that. And, and like you said, he—that's you know, a Ellison's a guy to get up the seam a little bit for you. Uh, Manning, you know, he's a guy who could be effective in a red zone for you. You know, so yeah, he's gonna be a part of this. But you know, Randy Ingram is such an athletic freak. That you can move them around a slot outside and all that, so those two could complement each other pretty well. So hopefully they stay healthy. Both of them were banged up last year a little bit, and we'll see what they, you know, we'll see what they
0: bring to the table. And, uh, it's funny. I had a conversation with uh, Jonathan Casillas not too long ago, and I asked him because uh, he was a part of that 2015 Giants team. He was part of uh, Coughlin's last season, right. and um, he said one of the hardest things is rebuilding a defense. And pretty much since Gettleman has come in, he pretty much wiped out everything that Jerry Reese had done on the defensive end, including moving a lot of those big contracts. The only one that really remains from that crew, there might be more uh, that, that, I'm, you know, that I'm thinking of, but you know, Jenkins is the last one of those defensive players who got the big contracts, and he's yep. still here. This yep. is now a very young defensive team. Landon Collins is gone. Uh, Peppers is here now. What do you think a reasonable goal for this very young defense should be?
1: Listen, he totally rebuilt the secondary. Okay, I mean we want the draft picks. Uh, Jenkins is around still from the re-series, The last one left, like you said. Um, the reasonable goal is going to be from whatever the heck they finished last year, twenty sixth, whatever it was, and they're going to have to get up on the twenty. Do I think that's a reasonable goal? Yeah, I think it is, man, right? because they got these. Young, if these young kids in the back end, it's the DeAndre Bakers Okay, the Sam is coming off an injury. Don't forget, he didn't play last year. The Julian Luz, if these kids could cover up in the back end, okay, and Jenkins plays well in the other corner, now Betcher could do some more things. Couldn't do a lot of things last year. Couldn't do a lot of blitz packages, a lot of blitz schemes. Couldn't do it. Wasn't confident in the back end. Couldn't blame him. Okay? So I expect the back end to be much improved. Um, that will allow Betcher to do a little more things. And I, I think it's reasonable to be up there, Aunt Randy, up. You know the 18 to 15, 14 ranked defense. That's and and I gotta say, okay, let's move from 27th, whatever whatever they defense next year to 10 or 8. No, I don't think that's reasonable right now. Okay, but I expect them to make a significant jump with this young talent they brought in.
0: I I do, too. And the hardest thing to do is admitting that, you know, you have to sort of do a rebuild. And I think the Giants over the last two years have really done a nice job. You know, obviously, we're armchair quarterbacks. I I used that phrasing before. And so we can always critique of what what they're doing. But just being in that room, making those decisions, saying, yeah, you know, we have to tear this thing down. It probably killed Gettleman in his own way to let go of JPP last year for everything that he's meant to his franchise and some of these other guys who yeah. walked away. Um, at this point in time, I think, this is my prediction, you can give yours, uh, I think this is a 7-9, to 9, 8, and 8 team at best. Right. If, you know, everything, the ball rolls your way in certain positions, you know, you get the right call here and there. I believe this is a 7-9, 8-8. What, what's your take? Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at an 8-18, like you just said, uh, certain things drop their way. Certain bounces go their way. Nine and seven. A lot of bounces go their way.
0: <laughs> <You> know,
1: whatever <laughs> might happen. Possible. Possible. I mean, I'm not going to go over here, but you're looking at maybe a 10 and six. But I'm looking more like 8-8, eight, eight, like you, Randy. I think 7-9, 8-8 eight eight, um, is reasonable. Um, and then 2020, they gear towards that playoff run. Uh, I'm hoping. Listen, Randy, if they're 8-8, eight eight, if they're 7-9, 7-9 uh, all at. You kind of hoping, what that Jones is getting in there the last four or five games. That's the way I look at it. So now you're ready to go for 2020, okay? So yeah, I'm with you, man. I, mean, I don't expect 10 and six, 11 and five, and I don't expect five and 11, four and 12 either. So I'm looking right in that middle range, like right you.
0: Yeah, we've we've been through those great seasons and we've been through those tough seasons in that box. And one of the things that I've really taken a very interest in is. Obviously, the the behind-the-scenes aspect on how things work within the organization, but I'm also finding from the fan perspective on how they look at it. And obviously, the 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 word "fan" is short for fanatic. Obviously, the teams are always going to be fans are always going to be loyal to their team. Giants fans are probably some of the most loyal fans we've ever seen. You're you're a Giant fan too. From the fan perspective inside of you, how much did it really like irk you the last two seasons, seeing what you saw? From this from this team, like just I, I had, like for me, it, it was ripping me out inside, saying, "Man, I can't believe that this is happening." But looking at the big picture and seeing what the overall goal is, I sort of understood it. And like nothing lasts forever, right. and that and that page has to turn from the Manning regime on. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it it, it, it was tough, but
1: like you said, at the same time, you see what Gettleman is doing. You saw what that you know, I mean, As is as removing some guys, and you know, let's face it, Randy, they're never going to say. it. But there's some guys that are not on this team anymore because they just weren't crazy about them in the locker room, okay? I mean, uh, listen, uh, Gettleman's never going to admit that. Sherman's never going to admit that, but we know there's some guys that aren't here because they weren't, uh, you know, crazy about them in the locker room, All right? all um, right? So, yeah, it hurt. You know, listen, Landon Collins, that was tough to watch him walk, you know, even Snacks. You know, even Snacks was tough when he traded him, but so... Did it five and eleven and three and thirteen? Yeah, you look at it and go, I'm man, what's going on here? You know, do we have a future? but you see what Gettel was doing and you see the young blood, the draft you know, first draft his first draft class went well. we'll see how the second draft class goes. Um and you look at it, Randy, and you say, Okay, now the franchise quarterback is here, hopefully, right? And you see some light at the end of the tunnel and you kinda say to yourself, Okay, I understand what's going on. Uh the, you know the future looks bright. That's the way I see it, Randy. I don't know about you, but the future's starting to look real bright. Now obviously, Randy, if Daniel Jones is not an NFL quarterback, that's gonna set this franchise back five years. So
0: we'll see. Your your opinion. Uh you have Manning, you have Jones, you have Laletta, and you have Tanny. Who's the odd man now? Laletta. Not even thinking about it, huh? <laughs> Not even thinking about it.
1: Not even thinking about it. I think, Oleta, I think, Oleta, I think he'll stick with three, show sure him all. Some people think he's actually going to with two this year and keep that extra spot for the defensive back. I'm going to stick with my original. I think he stays with three quarterbacks like he did last year. And I think he likes tanning that veteran presence around besides Eli. And I think Loretta might have a problem.
0: You know, it was very interesting too that you and I were um, we were watching the, the games in the box last season, and one of the things that I, I noticed also with Manning is I think the Chicago Bear game was perfect thing. I, Again, I'm not going to jump on this hate Odell Beckham bandwagon, right? But when Eli had the opportunity to spread the ball out. And he had the time during the second half of the year, especially the second half of that Bears game is the game I'm using the the best example of. And then, right. and those road games as well, which they, they were close but fell short. When Eli was pa- sharing the ball around a little bit, it was such a difference. Because the first half of that Bears game, Odell was sort of like demanding the ball and Eli was sort of forcing it in there. Do you think at this point in time that Eli Manning can I know you were saying you were saying if things go the way they if the script goes the right way, Daniel Jones probably will have an opportunity sometime later in the year. But let's say it doesn't happen and the team actually has some success, do you think that Eli Manning is going to have one of those seasons where he's not doesn't have a high turnover rate? Is is this that Eli Manning at the age of thirty eight, thirty nine years yeah. old, still can take a team to the playoffs and go deep?
1: I, listen, Randy, to me, it all comes down to that offensive line. I mean, Eli's at the stage now. Where he Listen, this is 2011 where he's going to stand in a pocket and get destroyed by the 49ers but still complete passes down the field and beat a team. It's not going to happen anymore with Eli. Has he shown flashes of being gunshot? Yeah, he has. No question about it. Has he shown times where he stared down the defensive line in front of him and threw the ball to the ground or put checks? Or yes. So it depends on his offensive line. If these guys play well in front of him, and give him enough time, I understand that you could say that with every NFL quarterback, but with Eli, okay, yeah, does he still have it in him? You're asking me, Chris, does he still have it in him to lead this team to a playoff? Yeah, I really think he does. And you saw flashes of that in the second half of the last season when he lit up the Colts offensively and the Colts were really playing well. Even the last game against Dallas, man, the Cowboy defense was playing well in that game. They played all their starters that last game, and they, they scored, what, 34 points? Yep. Whatever it was? Yep. You know, so, yeah, I do think I do think, you know, listen, Shermer's made a lot of adjustments in the second half, too. I think he, you know that offense kind of went through Saquon a lot in the second half. I think you'll see a lot of that beginning of this season. And I guess I think Eli does still have the potential, if the circumstances are right, as far as even he's solid playing in front of him, I think he could do a good enough job to get, yeah, to play well. I really do.
0: What do you think of Shermer and the job he's done so far?
1: Listen, I like Shermer now. This game is more about players liking you. This game is about X's and O's. Okay, this game is about in-game adjustments now. Okay, master of it, Bill Belichick. Of course, I'm never going to compare anybody to Belichick. But the point being, Sherman has to. He has to. You know, he has to tune up some things. Okay, um, I, he has to tune up some X's and O's and this and that. And a little in-game adjustments. I feel he has to. But I like him, Randy. If you're asking me, if I like him, do I think he should lead this franchise? Yeah, I do. I, I do. I think he'll get better this season. Okay. Um. He's got, you know, some his personnel maybe a little bit molding towards his image now, his team and all that. Um. So yeah, I like him, Randy. I don't know how you feel about him. But I think he's, I think he's good for this organization. I think he's a good coach. Okay. That still needs to learn some things. You know, as far as in-game stuff. And I think you'll see that as we move forward if you don't Randy if he's blowing games because certain adjustments he's not making or certain things he's doing then you know what Randy he's gonna you know he's gonna be here a couple of years and that's it you know so we'll say we'll say listen uh, this is gonna be another year for Shermer you know uh, no he's not going anywhere after this year next year will be his big year obviously but yeah I like him Randy I don't know how you feel about him but I think he's I think he's the right man for the job.
0: I do, too. Chris McNadano from the Giants. It's our newspaper and podcast joining us. Chris, you and I have also talked about this a lot. Um, Something that I always ask writers and people who come on with me. uh, You've been around stadiums for a while. Uh, Everyone always loves when I ask little silly questions like this, but to me it's fun. If you had a rank going to different stadiums in in this industry that you've been through a long time, favorite food that you've seen uh, at stadiums?
1: Uh oh man, I don't know. <laughs> uh, favorite food at stadiums? Um, is it- I can't. I really can't think offhand, Randy. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's okay. It's it's one of those off uh, off the rocker questions, which is always fun for me. Um, also, you and hey, I actually
1: Phil, actually. Phil usually does a pretty
0: good spread. I hate to admit it. <laughs> but what about you, you? What's your favorite? Okay, so when I used to do basketball, um, the the Nets always used to do really cool different foods. They had like Asian chicken, and then they would do different um, okay. different setups. But when I used to cover the Knicks, they would have Salisbury steak night in the media room. <laughs> and then um, when I when I got to go down to Dallas earlier in the year, they had uh, Texas barbecue. In the oh, media room, God. yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. It was like some right. of the things, and you know, when you go up to New England uh, when I covered the Celtics, they had New England clam chowder there, so right. it's you've heard some pretty crazy things. And I right. also know you and I have always talked about music, and I, I had, like I said, I had the opportunity. I messaged this, you this the other day that I had the opportunity of uh, meeting Slash from Guns and Roses. If I had where to was say,
1: that by the way? Where'd you meet him?
0: Uh, he was doing um, there was like a, a music convention thing down in East Rutherford. I just happened. Oh, okay. I stopped over there with my brother, and he was there, and he and I were talking, Um, and I I gotta ask, since you're a big rock and roll guy, if I had to say to you, Chris, give me your top three bands, who'd you you give me?
1: Well, I'm a a 53-year-old guy, so I'm gonna go back now, so get ready. (laughs) Well, number one, Zeppelin by far. Uh, I don't think it is. I think it's Zeppelin, and then the rest of the rock and roll world. So I'm gonna go with Zeppelin, number one. I'm a Sabbath guy, Randy. Uh, (laughs) Sabbath. And... My third might be Floyd, bud. Might be Floyd but with Priest in there. It's tough. I'm gonna go like a couple of different bands for three, but for me, <laughs> Zeppelin, Falling Away. Um, I I'm gonna do Silent, and then I'm gonna have a bunch of bands like Floyd and Priest, and uh, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody else, and I can't even think. But uh, as a three, what about you?
0: Let me let me hear it. Oh, see, you know, I'm I'm a little I'm a little younger than you, so I grew up in um. I grew up through the 80s hair bands a lot okay. so, so you know obviously like back in the day when I was younger like bands like Poison, Def Leppard and Guns N' Roses were like amazing and then, then I discovered Metallica. Yes. And Metallica to me And Maiden and Maiden I guess. They yeah, they changed the game. Metallica in my mind always found a way to change the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know I was also a very a very big fan of of uh, Motorhead.
1: Yeah, excellent band. Yep.
0: Yeah. Motorhead, like and Lemmy was like, man, like Lemmy was like, you know, you don't, you can't say anything bad about Lemmy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And you know what's funny, Randy? You know what's funny? Here's a band that I never really took to, and my friends always told me these guys are great. These guys have been around forever. They're great. What's wrong with you? except
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have accepted. except Randy. Uh, for some reason, I never really caught on with accept over the years. And now for the last five years, I'm like, this guy's a freaking good, you know? <laughs> and people, my friends made fun of me, like, I, we told you, you just got, you know? Um, I love Accept um, what they've done. Uh, listen, I'm a, I'm a big Priest guy, I'm, you know, uh, from back in the day, too. Uh, I'm a big Bobby Alford guy. I think Alford was one of the best, you know? Uh, you know, and then I go, you know, as far as guitarist-wise, you know, Paige and, you know, the Jimi Hendrix and uh, guys like that, and, you know, Eddie Van Halen's... How
0: about Van Halen, man? Do you have Van Halen up there? Yeah. I mean, yeah Van yeah. Yeah. So some So some of his stuff is, is out there, but some of that stuff, like, cool. you can find some of those great tunes where you just go, okay, yeah, like, that's, you know, you don't change right. it on your radio station, and once it's on, Right. Then,
1: you know, so. And I saw Van Halen when they first hit the scene back in, I guess it was 80, whatever the heck it was, and um, didn't know much about him. You know, just heard about the brothers, Alex and Eddie, you all that, and, and, and eddie put on and he just did a, a like a solo for like 20 minutes randy and and i i was blown away dude i was I was like wow this guy is the, you know he is insane you know what i mean and um so eddie's obviously it was, it was a great talent and um yeah so a lot of people have been like you said van halen i could some stuff i could really take to him, some stuff i could you know
0: <laughs> in, but, uh, in, you'll, you'll love this though my first album i remember my parents bought me my first album when i was like six years old because i was so into music and it was the david lee roth skyscraper album wow okay <laughs> so to me i like there was just a couple things that david lee roth used to do when, when just when he was on his own i was sitting there saying how awesome he was so you put him yeah. back in there too oh god so I, hey
1: randy you know speaking of guns and roses you just talking about slash you know the first time i heard them they were new on the scene do you remember sheeting hole had that rock station
0: yep
1: yeah i don't know if they still do but they had that rock radio station for a while you know and i remember that i'm listening to him because they used to play some metallica when they hit and they first you know they used to play all that stuff you know and and i'm listening and they're like all right there's a new band you know coming out i think you guys are gonna like these guys you know guns N' roses and, and i was like whoa he's got you know i I was always a big Guns N' Roses guy from day one, man. I thought the Usual Illusion albums, the, t- the two albums were really, they were unbelievable. I thought Slash was unbelievable on those two albums. I always loved Slash's riffs. I think they had some bluesy riffs to them at times. time. I, I think Slash is like really, I thought he's, I he's excellent, Randy.
0: I, you know, I, I could listen to him all day. You know, it's funny too. You know, what song you really, really like? You appreciate him obviously through the original album, the Appetite for Destruction album. Right, right. But you, know, you know, what song you just you're just a mesmerized on how amazing of a guitar player he was? Was November Rain. So I, I thank
1: you, thank you, because that was off that Usual Illusion album, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And and I tell you what that's you know randy we, i guess great minds think alike my friend because <laughs> that november rain really caught me caught my eye caught my mind i should say and say wow listen to this guy's riffs you know like this guy's unbelievable you know um it was so like a bluesy type sound right randy in a way and i thought it was excellent um that appetite for destruction i really enjoyed uh, but the usual illusions that. You know, they, they kind of went in—not in another way, but they kind of changed a little bit different. And I thought it was excellent, man. Slash really showed how great he is in those albums, in my opinion, Randy.
0: Uh, no, I agree with you. And uh, and what was awesome too is I remember when everyone kept on thinking of Guns N' Roses as a metal band, and then they would play some different type of yeah a different type of like when they did Patience, it was totally outside of their realm.
1: Absolutely. Um and you know and then they would do something weird like uh i used to love her." you know what i mean oh yeah uh, you know and, and then they turn around you know because you know their first appetite for destruction was you know it was pretty heavy you know it was a heavy you know it was a heavy sound right I mean, you know and, and they changed up which is what i like man really. you know i like the way when bands you know, they kind of change it up as they go you know what i mean instead of just you know sticking to the same thing and all that and it showed their creativity you know um and i happen to love that song patience i know a lot of guns and Roses fans they don't like that but I know it's a boring song I happen to love that song I don't know about you I love it <laughs> But I, I, I got a kick out of it And uh, I always liked them And uh, Yeah, Slash And uh and, and those guys I always liked The, the original drummer Ross uh, Adler You know was uh, Before he you know, he ran into some issues and he left the band back in the day and all that but I, I like
0: them man. I like them well also I felt that November Rain also for Guns N' Roses was one, I think one of the first times really like I know there was like other artists who found a way to tell a story and almost like a little movie during their music videos but right. I, November Rain was the first music video I've ever seen for those who are listening and they've never like, seen like an actual movie during a music video go on <laughs> YouTube and type in November Rain Guns N' Roses check out this video because it felt like it was like a movie throughout it.
1: Yeah, and that was the period where Axel was in that stormy relationship with the uh what's her name, the model his wife there uh
0: yeah, I know. I know you're talking. I don't remember her name, but I know exactly. The tall,
1: beautiful the model that he was married to. Well, I forget her name now. But anyway, you know, he was going through some things with her and all that, so he kind of bought it out a little bit, right?
0: Okay. Well, yeah, and 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 their and their return concerts over the last couple of years have drawn like the the fan base is still there. They they love that music, and you know they're a perfect examples. Sometimes of the nostalgia never dies, um, and for the fact that uh, Axel and Slash were able to sort of get back together in that sense and you know p- right. make bygones be got bygones i think it's huge because right. they know at the end of the day there's money to be made
1: yeah sure i mean like everything else right you know there's money to be made you know it's good they got back, back together you know uh, that's a lot of times these guys do that they'll get back i saw fleetwood mac do it about a thousand times you know <laughs> <laughs> well you know stevie's battling it out. I, I tell you what you ever see fleetwood mac live really? i have not okay well i this perfect example, I saw them years ago in the 90s, one of the 9,000 reunion tours, and um, Lindsey Buckingham, guitarist, you know, um, a guy I thought, okay, nothing special, I guess, you know. Another guy he's saw live and you saw his creativity, I'm like, wow, you know, I mean, this guy, so I was watching, you know, the first time I saw him live it was impressive, you know. Um, uh, I don't know about you, I was a big Eagles guy back in the day, so I thought, you know, Glenn Frey and Don Henley were pretty creative guys, too, with the lyrics and all that. I don't know how you feel about them, but I was a big Eagles
0: guy, too. Love the Eagles. Love the Eagles. Um, got turned on, obviously, their, their, their classic hits, Hotel California, you know. Um, the, you know he, oh, I could, the, the songs in my head. Oh, they got a ton of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then being able to see that... Um, the, the, the uh, cold in hell, the acoustic. Yeah. Uh, being able to watch that on TV and then listen to the music and just how great it is. Again, my, I have a very musical family. My brother owns a music academy and um, has a Grammy or two under his belt for performing and producing. So I love music and I appreciate it so much. So having having, having, yeah. having, having be able to rap about it is awesome.
1: Yeah, listen, Randy, I'm with you, man. I mean, I, I my range in music is all over. It could be from Biggie Smalls to Typo Negative. You know, <laughs> I actually knew Peter Steele from Brooklyn. Uh, you know, he died a while ago uh, from Typo Negative. I don't know if you ever liked this stuff. You know, pretty deep stuff. You know, the whole they're all drunks and they, you know, um, but I actually remember when they were recording in a Brooklyn studio before they hit the scene. You know and they tried to you know they had a little bit of that Sabbath sound to them a little bit this and that but um they were an interesting bunch of guys too man <laughs> um but like i was saying the, the range yeah i love it man he love music i could listen to it all day like like i just said i could listen to uh um, you know some rap kid to a classic you know um Neil Young song you know what I mean so it's great stuff but we, me and you when we see each other we usually start rapping
0: about music over football anyway <laughs> yeah yeah. you and, you and I are going to end up on the sidelines this uh, these next couple of days where you and I are going to be talking more music than we will be football and, <laughs> and can I tell you though and it's funny you look around and I'm not throwing anybody underneath the bus by saying this because I, I really do feel it like I, I there. I understand, you know, our job while we're there is to report as much as we can on every little thing. But I'm just one of those people that I don't, I don't dig, I don't dig that hard to find something to make something out of nothing. You know what I mean? I'm, right. I, and you know, you know, we're normal human beings. We're, we and we like that. We we have our own type of fun. And you and I have a good relationship. And we like talking about other stuff besides football while we're there. And you know. It's just—it's not that obsession of football. Like, listen, we we both love it, but it's also we, you know. Break it up! Break it up! You have to. You have to. And uh, Break so, it up. Chris, I appreciate you coming on with me doing uh, doing this. I know we've been talking about doing it forever for some reason or another, but this was the first time, but certainly won't be the last time. And uh, I always appreciate. It. Why don't you let everybody know where you can uh, where they can find you both on social media and all over all over the internet? Yeah.
1: Okay, well, at the Twitter, it's at Giant Insider Me and the senior editor Jeremy Foley, we put our tweets out there You should subscribe to the paper The Giant Insider, you go to GiantInsider.com and subscribe And our podcast twice a week at Giant Insider Podcast. and you you get a kick out of it. Randy, thank you very much. I'm glad we finally did this, bud.
0: And listen, not only that, I'm going to tell everyone who's listening now, if you are a Giant fan, listen to that podcast uh, because they literally break down everything. And you know that's the most important thing. If you're a fan, you want to be able to know everything about what's going on. And, and Chris and Jerry have a great handle on everything that's going on. So, Chris, appreciate it, bud. This, we'll definitely do this again during the season.
1: Thank you,
0: Randy. I'll talk. Soon. We'll talk soon. You got it.